to the Ace Broadcasting Network. Hey, this is Adam and Matt, and here's what's coming up on this week's CarCast. <laughs> These guys are 10 feet away from me. They're going 130 miles yeah. an hour. So uh, at this point, I climb out of the car, and then I get, of course, admonished by the track guy. Like, hey, man, you shouldn't have got out of the car. Yeah. Like, uh, well, you should have... Waved yeah. a flag that got I, these guys to slow down. That's right. Matt in At the car. At this point, yeah, we've been black flagged. Well, we told them, it was like, let's black flag the course and, and we'll push the car out of the way. Listen for free through iTunes, the free Adam Corolla app, or visit acecarcast.com. From Level 5 City in Glendale, it's This Week with Larry Miller. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, and everyone who likes free gifts. Hi, folks. Welcome back to This Week with Larry Miller. I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And as always, aren't they terrific? That, of course, is the William Glasscock Orchestra and the Genevieve Guild's Dancers, featuring boy tenor Grant Young, asking the musical question... If two wrongs don't make a right, how come three lefts do? Very thought-provoking. And let me just go back a second, just a quick step back and say, that's right, you heard right, we're all correct. That was the William Glasscock Orchestra, and that is his real name. He sent a terrific gift uh, that it was his own idea for an initiation on the Larry Miller Drinking Society. It's a terrific gift, but it's worth noting, it's worthy of some remark, that somewhere in England in the 14th century, the name Glasscock started, and I'm guessing it's English, and then it came down another 100 years, another 300 years, another 700 years, to today, where he and his family are still named Glasscock, and I'm guessing that his children, hopefully, God willing, if he gets uh, has uh, kids one day, they will be named Glasscock too. And I'm just wondering, so over the last, maybe you're wondering this too, perhaps this has crossed your mind as well. Perhaps this has even crossed William's mind. Exactly at one point over the last 700 years, did someone, or did this never happen, did no one ever say, you know, we got to change that name because suddenly it, it just came into the lexicon that we don't want any kids going to school with a name like Glasscock. It's just because the kids, the kids going to look like a middleweight. He's going to look like who's that? Who's that? Antofuermo, that uh, the uh, Italian middleweight who was in Godfather Three. At any rate, though, uh, so it, it's just a name that it's one of those names like like Cox in general, like C O X. One of my friends. Bud Cox from school. We went to school together. Even that name today, and I know it's an official name. It's a solid name. People have that name in their Secretary of State. But it's the same thing. You always wonder, Cox? Really? C-O-X? No one at a certain point has said, you know what? Let's just change it to Hudson. Anything at all. You know, let's just go. At any rate, thank you, William. It's a wonderful gift, and you, I'm, I'm looking forward to you. The colonel said uh, we'll take a picture of that, and that'll be the picture of the week. And Genevieve is a great—Genevieve Guilds, Genevieve Guilds. And 
that is kind of funny. If two wrongs don't make a right, how come three lefts do? But the reason I just want to talk about it for a second is because who was the first one similarly to uh, the same thing? Who was the first one to say two wrongs don't make a right? Because that's the kind of guy, whether it was an adult, same thing, 400, 800, 1,000 years ago, who was the first busybody, big mouth, loud mouth, self-righteous person who said, you know, hey, two wrongs don't make a right, you know, whether you say that to a kid or to another adult or even to yourself, you know what, I think, well, that guy just cut me off, I'm going to cut him off, or hey, that guy just punched me, I'm going to punch him, or hey, whatever the hey is, and then someone stepped in and said, Bob, two wrongs don't make a right. I mean, even at that first point, even if it's true, and I'm not even sure it's true, but even if it is, don't you have to punch a guy like that? The first time a guy says that to you, to anyone, don't you have to say, you know something, I don't even know why we're drinking together. You are such a loudmouth busy, but two wrongs don't make a right? Because maybe they do. What do you mean by two wrongs? I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. It suddenly strikes me. I'm not even sure what that means. Because... I think, folks, I think it's usually been said over the years by people who are actually wrong. For instance, you know how schools are these days. You know, there's a zero percent tolerance, whatever they call it, for what they call violence or something. That means if a bully punches you on the school ground and, you know, let's say whether you're 8 or 9 or 10 or 11 years old or something, if someone punches you and you punch the kid back then you both get thrown out of school. We've lost our minds about that. I know you know this. I'm sure everyone out there knows this. One of my kids, I've I've told you before, was on a football team. He plays football. He's on junior high football now. But he played for four years on what turns out, I've mentioned this before, was Adam's uh, team when he was a kid. Adam played on it 11 years. That was before they had regular junior high football, uh, which which is a relatively new thing in Southern California now. But he played on it. This is the East Valley uh, Trojans. And one of the mothers was telling me that her daughter was attacked in the school we were we were practicing at by the way and they were new there it's a public high school here nice school and uh that the th- three and she's a girl she was 15 and three of the other girls kind of attacked her they started coming because she was brand new and whatever that reason whatever that whatever that motivation is the point is they started they kind of started yelling at her they started you know, saying sarcastic things to her, they started insulting her on the first day of school, and then one of the girls pushed her down, and she hit her head on the wall, and, you know, she was cut, and she got right up again, though, and immediately charged back at that girl and pushed her down. Now, that's the whole thing, all right? A, it's three against one. B, someone is new there, and they're, these are three bullies, terrible girls. C, it's the same thing. So she pushed her. She pushed there. And you know what? She said she was talking to a guy, one of these, you know, the second, third, fifth vice principal or something. And you could tell this guy had, she said, she was telling me the story at practice one day. And she said, he, he wasn't even looking at me. He wouldn't even look up. And this is a woman who had to take off from work, by the way, to come by to try and get the daughter back in school because they're both suspended. Now, you know this is wrong, and I know this is wrong. And he actually said, but he couldn't even remember the right words to it. 
He actually said, he's, well, you know the regulation. He wouldn't even look her in the eyes. And she said, what should my daughter have done? Well, she has to be in fear for her life to fight, to fight all these stupid things that we've written up in these goofy regulations. And he, then he actually said, he started to say, two wrongs don't make a right. But he didn't, he didn't even know the sentence. He didn't even know the saying. He sa- he, so he, she said to me, he just said, well, you know, two bad things don't mean it's it's good it's a good thing it, 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 it was such a stupid moment in life and i felt so bad for her. and so naturally now well grant young has made it into a joke for you so in any case and by amazon that's right amazon.com you can get probably a sampler with two wrongs don't make a right at amazon.com i'm sure you can in fact because they have everything in the world except as we're fond of saying here, an actual Amazon. And if you do find yourself an actual Amazon, if you're looking for an Amazon and you find yourself an actual Amazon, of course, we want you to call us immediately. That will get you to the top of the list of things that Colonel Jeff and Dr. Chris and I will come along to. Of course, course I'm married, so I, I can't participate. But the Colonel and the Doctor are single. And uh, single and willing. What what is that? Speaking of old stupid things, it doesn't really matter. In any case, go to Amazon.com and order many things. Except no, you don't. You don't do that. What do you do? You go to our our podcast website. That's right. He just just put it up there. I knew what it was. I'm pretty sharp this day. No, don't take it off. Don't take it off. You go to our website, which of course, comma, colonel, comma, is... LarryMillerPodcast.com, and you will see a banner there that says Amazon. You hit the banner, and then you order away to your heart's content. And, by the way, I'm going to bring this check in. I knew I forgot something. A terrific guy came up after the shows in Queens this past week. I'm going to tell you some stories about them, but I have to mention this now because it has to do with Amazon and the deal we have with Amazon. And he said something so sweet, and I... And I Realize now I'm going to bring the check in next week, and uh, he had me. He had two cho- two checks he had made out. One he said was for one percent of the things he had bought on Amazon because he heard us on the show and he heard me talking about it. And he said, "This is for you. It's for one percent, and it was uh, thirty dollars." And he said, "This is for you to help." And he was kidding. I mean, but it was a real check, and he made it out. And he said, and he said uh, to help with keeping the lights on there at Ace, and also to get you into where you start making money on the show. And he made out a second check, though, for the same reason. He said for two percent of what he spent on Amazon, which is sixty dollars, which is to I do a benefit once a year, a terrific group for a terrible, terrible thing. It's called tubular sclerosis. And I'm saying that I'll tell you about the check next week. I'm not, that's not a sneaky way of bringing in. We all hear about charities, but it's a terrible thing that happens to families, that happens to kids. But it's one of those that's not known. It's, one, it's not like the first or second or third or fourth thing that people know about kids. And it doesn't have any visibility. And, uh, and it's a terrible thing. And it doesn't happen to a zillion folks, but it happens to a lot, tens of thousands of kids. At any rate, I'm very touched by this group. And I do, and I do, their thing every year and I'm thrilled to do it so he made it out to them and I said to him you know what just take the uh take take your check let me sign that for you frame this one I don't need the one you uh you sent to me 
you know, because first of all, you should have brought cash. No, but I said, you know what, just uh, take this one, and uh, but that's very sweet, so I folded it up. I didn't bring it here today, but that is something because he heard about Amazon and the, the deal we have with them. So go to go to LarryMillerPodcast.com, and, uh, and then you hit the Amazon banner, and then you order to your heart's content. And this guy was very nice. I'm sorry I can't remember his name. I should have brought the check, and it was all ready to go, but I forgot. But that's okay because there's a big story about memory in the offing today, and it has to do with just that. But first, and by Sherry's Berries. That's right, Sherry's Berries, because let's be honest, Valentine's Day is coming up. By the way, we had a lot of good comments. <laughs> Colonel Jeff told me a lot of good comments of people who thought it was uh, funny that I was kept flubbing last week. I've done the commercial only 3,500 times, and then I started reading... Was I tired or just stupid? I can't even remember. And I just started reading the stage directions, and I, I couldn't stop. And I and it just became very funny. And one of Jeff's friends was saying to him, you're not going to edit that out? And, and, and Jeff said, what are you talking about? That's, that's, that's what the comedy of the show is. At any rate, it says here, the one thing I will tell you, it says here, talk with your fellow radio personalities and engage your listeners. That's their stage direction to me. And I'm afraid, as you well know... I'm over two. At any rate, though, these Sherry's berries are pretty darn good. This is good eating. I'll tell you that. And Valentine's Day is coming up. And let's be honest, no, I had a pun for that, but I'm going to make a quick left turn on that. These are good eating. Never mind Valentine's Day. And never mind any implication. You you turn left with me. I, I just turned, did that, pulled that switch over and just changed train tracks. Go to Sherry's Berries because this is the, these are giant freshly dipped strawberries. They're really good from Sherry's Berries, S-H-A-R-I apostrophe S, berries. And they're starting at $19.99. These are just huge. They're, they're so big, it's almost not okay. It's almost like they're from Venus or something, you know? Or like those Star Trek vegetables where they say, you know, on Krellspan 4, all the lettuce is blue. Kirk, have you tried our salads? They sing to you. And uh, these that's how big these berries are, but they're perfectly okay. They're wonderful. They're really, really good, and they're dipped in white milk and dark chocolatey goodness. Their phrase, not mine, but it's true. I wouldn't, on my own, let's be honest, how often am I going to say a phrase like chocolatey goodness? They're topped with chocolate chips, decorative swizzle, which is still an unsettling word to me, or nuts, Okay. Is that good enough for you? Is that not good enough for you? And wait, wait, there's more. <laughs> I wanted to be one of those announcers, too. But wait, wait right there. No, no, don't put down that phone. We're not done yet. That's right, because it's $19.99, and you can double the berries for just $10 more. Double the berries definitely sounds like a euphemism for something, by the way. Hey, come on, uh, you know, my, my, Linda is coming over and, and her roommate. You want to double the berries? Sure. <laughs> How about a nice Hawaiian punch? Sure. At any rate, $19.99, and for $10 more, you double the berries. That's over a 40% savings right now. Now pick up the phone. Sure. Now, mister, now you think you're so smart. Now pick up the phone. To access this special offer, what you do is you call. Of course you call. 866-FRUIT. And then the number's 02. That's 866-F-R-U-I-T, and then 02. Or even better, and I still think way better, 
because I still think it's an awkward number. Way better. You visit berries.com, B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. I almost said spell out the word berries. Jeff crossed out everything else in gray marker, so I wouldn't do that again. And as you well know, Honesty is everything in comedy to me, and I knew I wasn't going to fool around with this again because I, I didn't fool around last week. I just honestly couldn't get out of reading the directions, and I know it comes across when you're listening to it because you know. People people always know. Lenny Bruce said that originally. Audiences just know everything. They, they, together, they're a genius. They sense everything. So you click on the microphone in the top right corner and type in Larry Miller. That's the fun part, isn't it? I like that part myself. You click on the microphone and type in Larry Miller and order now because the offer expires on midnight on Friday. Does it? Does it expire midnight? No, it can't expire midnight Friday. Does it really? Why would they do that? The Order now because the offer expires midnight on Friday. I don't, I don't think that can be right. I think they're going to keep going. <laughs> Jeff keeps nodding. No, the, the offer does expire? All right. Well, folks, let's be honest. If something has to expire on Friday at midnight, it's better that the offer does than us. Isn't that right? Hey, what happened? What happened to everyone at this week with Larry Miller? Well, they expired, but you can still get these fantastic berries. Well, that's okay then. Let's not even go to the funeral. Let's just order Sherry's berries. So at any rate, though, they're terrific berries. As I've told you before, they passed the Corolla test. The second they hit the table here, they're gone. Never mind in 60 seconds, like the movie. They're gone in six seconds. They're gone in a tenth of the time it takes to steal a car with Nick Cage. So uh, go to sherrysberries.com. And now it's time for the joke of the week. That's right. The joke of the week. This is, uh, and by the way, with all these jokes, I, uh, I remember them. I remembered one I was on the road last week, and I told Colonel Jeff when I got here today, uh, I just remember, I think somebody sent one in and we did a good one that was very funny. It was a nice joke. But these are just jokes that you pick up. I can't remember jokes, but every so often they pop into my head. Now when they pop in, I immediately text it over to Jeff, no matter where I am around the country, and he writes it down and then he reminds me. Remember, this whole show is about memory. I'll tell you more about it later. But here's the joke of the week. This is always... <laughs> well... I always thought this was a comics joke in a way or a show business joke, but I think this works for everyone. And we'll know in a minute. So, after his two shows on a Saturday night, the comic is back in his room in the hotel. And he's taken his suit off, he's taken the suit shirt and the tie off, which, of course, you have to do. You have to hang up, hang it up, and make sure it's fresh for the next day. And he puts on some relaxing clothes and thinks, well, what do I want to do? Do I want to turn on the TV? Do I want to read? What do I want to do? Maybe we go downstairs. I don't know. Have a drink. That second, there's a knock on his door. He looks through the little hole and sees a gorgeous woman standing there. He says, what in the world? And he opens the door, and it is. It's it's a beautiful woman. And she not overly made up, just, just perfect for whatever any man would like to meet any time. And he says, well, I, and she just holds her hands up to his lips. He puts her index finger on his lips and just says, please, don't say anything. I just have to tell you, I don't even want you to know my name. I saw your show tonight, and 
I was not only laughing more than I've ever laughed before, but I was touched. There was a meaning behind it, and I felt there was part of you in it. I got to know you, and I was just so, frankly, enraptured by the whole experience. I, I just want to come into your room, and I just want to sleep with you, and I want to do anything. You won't have to say a word. I'm going to do things that, frankly... I don't think you've ever had done, but I feel so moved by you and by the way you perform and by what you did tonight that I just want to take care of you completely in every way you've ever imagined and then don't even say a word. I'm just going to grab my clothes and put them on and run out. I I don't even want you to call me again. There's no responsibility on any part. And the comic looks at it for a second and says, so which show did you see? What was it, the first show or the second show? And that's, I know, a comics joke. It's a great comics joke because that's how crazy or how absorbed we are that in the face of this event, in the face of this woman coming to your room and making an offer like this, in the face of something that has never occurred in life, the only thing that still is in the head of the comic is, so what was it, the first show or the second show? Because he's thinking, because I tried some stuff on the first show. I got a little lost in the middle. I was changing gears, but I knew there was a, a small drop there. But I know it finished well. But then on the second show, I tried something new that I hadn't fully memorized. That's the head of the comic. And I know that that's a deep joke for comics. And I hope it's a good one for you, too. It's in a related item, by the way. I'm going to tell you a second one that goes along with that, which is an all-show business kind of joke. It's an all performer kind of joke and i'll say it's the comic again but let's call it the actor the comic the actor comes home and he sees his house is burned down and his wife and their kids are out on the lawn shivering with a, a blanket around them and the house is still smoldering it's all just charred and and he says oh my god what happened and she said Bob, your agent came to the house and he, he, he just got crazy and he started he, beat, he started beating us all and then he threw us out and screamed to get out, get out, get out and he was wielding a knife he, he, he almost killed us and then he burned the house down and, and then he just kicked us out he refused to let us come in and get anything at all and now the house is, is gone and we're out in the snow and, and the, the actor says my agent came to the house? <laughs> so that's Sort of in the same mold. That was because once you're in the groove for the first one, if your chin is already up for that one, once again the, the thought that to a performer that anyone like that, and I know people are starting to enjoy. By the way, that I love doing this deconstructing the joke afterwards, and I know folks have written and it's very gratifying. By the way, because I, I love doing this. That's in a way the the point of the joke. It, it's almost the best part of the joke. It's fine to laugh, but it's also wonderful to think about when do these come up? How did this come up? Who was the first one to think of this? Who did that? And can you imagine what when when was this in American history? Obviously, in the eighteen hundreds, in eighteen forty, eighteen fifty, eighteen seventy. This is when most rooming houses still had a sign: "No actors allowed." You know, this is when the things was well. You, it's banned in Boston. You know, you couldn't do. There was some very strict proprieties. And so when did it come up that, first of all, larger agencies or agents began to work? Agents, of course, been the uh, the butt of a lot of jokes. Look, I called 
my agent, before coming over here today, because I had such a good time on this, I had a movie part last week that just before these the the shows, the cocktails with Larry Miller shows, it fit in perfectly. I'll tell you about it another time, but it was really, really fun, really exciting. I just had the best time. It was in Salt Lake City. I'll tell you about it another time. It's uh, by the way, I will tell you, it's directed by Michael Polish, and he and his brother are writers, and he directs, and they have. You can look his name up. He has some really very good, stylish movies out there, like Astronaut Astronaut Farmer with Billy Bob Thornton. He gets really good casts. I, this was a good part, but I'll tell you what. That's that's the actor's head of, I intend to call the agent and say, listen, I felt this. I did this. I'm so pleased with this. I just wanted to reflect to you. I'm glad we got that job. Thanks for the good work. Thanks for the good work on the part. Thanks for getting, because someone else had dropped out. A, a big, frankly, a, a pretty big star had dropped out. And and uh, he put me, and they said, they said, yeah, that's right. It was the last minute kind of thing. But it's great to get a part like that. So you know what? That's the comic in his hotel room saying, so what was it? The what, what was it? The first show or the second show? And the comic slash actor slash anything on the lawn when his house is burned down saying, my agent came to the house? Because it's crazy in a good way, crazy in a way I love. But it's a little crazy. And now, a very deep, very meaningful hamper update. That's right, a hamper update. I have lost. And I am all right with having lost. What have I lost? Hold. Hold. Do not get too upset. The hamper is still there. But I've told you over the weeks, time and time and time again, I could not get anyone to separate the socks from the T-shirts. I couldn't get anyone to use the two mesh bags inside this beautiful, strong, American-made hamper. That's right, my friends, as Patton said, as George C. Scott said in Patton, and now the American Army. So now we can say, and now an American hamper. And I lost over the weeks. I finally gave up and realized even I would not separate the whites from the darks. Even I would not do that with my laundry. Even my laundry. And I wouldn't take it out. It was too much bother. I wouldn't separate my wife's because she wouldn't do it. And I wouldn't separate the kids because they won't do it. And I finally gave in. And I was all right with that. Until today. Until today. I was all right with putting mixed colors of all sort into both bags. And then today, sadly, my old friends, the two bags, I finally realized, must go. If they're not being used, I will take them out. I will actually un-Velcro them from the tiny little Velcro dots that are holding them so bravely in place. And I, will, I took out both bags, and I'm going to be posting, well, Colonel Jeff is going to be posting photos of the bags, the sad, empty, unused bags now, and the still strong, still brave hamper with just a big pile of laundry in it, not separated by anything, with no standards, nothing to look forward to, no reason to live, and the bags... I actually almost said out loud, fellas, I'm sorry. You tried your best, and I tried. But one of us has to make this decision, and I've given up. So you know what? I'll see how much that hurts. But as of now, the hamper still lives, 
but it is no longer the way it was designed. So we'll see how life goes in stately Miller Manor next week. And now it's time for... A Razor update. Before that part came up, the one I just told you about, I was down here doing the shows last week. This was last Monday, and I was doing our show here with the Colonel and the Doctor. And uh, after after this week with Larry Miller, I was going to. I'm on Adam's show. I'm on there uh, again tonight. And so there's a couple of hours in between. And I found out that this part came up in between the two shows, in between recording. Both shows. I said, well, and I made a couple of calls and I called, well, the same thing, agent manager and stuff. It's show business stuff. But here's the point. That morning, I decided to see if I could get one more shave in from my Lord razor blade. And I really cut myself up pretty good. We put a, we posted a picture of it last week the Colonel took. I don't even know if it shows how bad it was. It was... Pretty bad. It was it was sort of like someone shaving who either doesn't care or has lost his mind or, or or is drunk. And I realized that sometimes I can have all three of those. But this was just that I, I, it was really bad. And I and I was dressed in a shirt and tie and uh, I, I had everything on, but it was really bad. I kept washing up, kept going and putting hot water on it with a cloth, and then it would just start bleeding again. And this was way beyond little dabs of toilet paper and way beyond a styptic pencil. This was this was somewhere between styptic and arterial. This was deep. This was bleeding. This was blood. And that's when I got this part. And I just looked at Jeff. The first thing I thought was, because this has happened before in life, and the same thing happened. It, it's not the first time. I got to Salt Lake City. I, I got finished the shows, packed, just a couple hours sleep, got to Salt Lake City, went right to the set from the airport, did a quick wardrobe thing because they were shooting that day. This guy had dropped out just the day before shooting. And I got there, and I went right to the to wardrobe and had had something done, and they said they sewed it up while I was getting makeup on. And as I walked into the to the makeup trailer... And which is also the hair and makeup trailer, and it's where the folks are working, and actors are sitting in the seats, and the makeup artists and the hair artists are working on people, and they have a you know a whole staff of people on there, depending on how big the movie is. And I sat down in the chair, and I said hi, and we introduced ourselves, and she looked at me in the mirror, and actually blanched back and said, "What did you do to yourself? Are you all right?" And I said, "Well, I I, I was shaving yesterday," and she said, "With what? A Bowie knife?" And I said, well, you know, I didn't know I was going to get this part. And she said, and she was smiling, but she said, what do you mean you didn't know you were going to get the part? But you've been out in public, right? I mean, you're a human being. You go shopping. You're in the car, right? It it looks horrible. You look like, it looks like sort of like the mummy or, or monster from the 30s. And I said, well, and she said, you do understand that in about 10 minutes, a camera is going to be shooting your face, which is ultimately going to be as big as a five-story walk-up. And I said, you know, these um, that's my phrase, but I'm just saying, she said, you know, it's gonna, you, you do realize that's the point of all this. You're going to be shot. And she was laughing, but I realized this really is dumb. She did a great job. She did a great job. She painted it. This is, I think, what happens when actors say stay out all night or they're drug addicts or they get into fist fights or something, that they can still <laughs> kind of stitch them together and put them on the set well, she painted it up pretty good. But here's the point of the straight razor update, of the safety razor update. 
That went fine. A day or so later, it healed enough to shave again and around that, and she painted it up again, and we've been fine. I think it's going to be a great part. I'll tell you about it another time. But then I went and did these cocktails with Larry Miller shows and came back and uh, came back Sunday before the Super Bowl. And the point is today, Monday, I didn't shave on Super Bowl Sunday, and it was all healed again. And today, I got up to shave to come here again. And the blade from the last shave was still in the safety razor. So, of course, naturally, as you would do, as anyone sane would do, I'm going to take the bad blade out, throw it out in the little Old Spice box I use to throw out blades and wrappers and put another blade in from all the terrific little boxes, the eight or nine boxes that our friend sent me, whose name still escapes me, by the way, and in that part of that wonderful gift of the razor. But, of course, I'm going to take the bad blade out and not just rinse it off and turn it over and see if I can do it again. Right? Of course, I'm going to throw it out. Right? Of course right. Absolutely right. And that was my plan. And when I took it out of the safety razor and slid it past the little barn doors, I looked at it for a second with the hot water flowing and then thought, I can beat this blade. I can do it again, but better. This blade won't beat me. This Is this male or what? Is this a classic male thing? No. Instead of throwing out a razor blade, you think, no, it's a competition. It's a fight to the finish. I will show this blade who's boss, and I will get an even closer shave, but I will not slice my face to ribbons, as I did last week, before shooting a part in a, in a movie where my head's going to be as big as a house. And you know what? That's how dumb men can be, and I really did. I, I, I rinsed it off again, and I was thrilled, frankly, at the chance to do it. I was thrilled. I was looking forward to it. And I turned it over. I rinsed it in the hot water, got everything or whatever was on there. And this is now, this would have been, all right, the last one was the third shave on the blade, which is dumb enough there, by the way. So this would have been today, the fourth day on the blade, and one of the kids was homesick. My kids have seen me like this before. You walk into the kitchen and say, okay, what do you want for breakfast? And someone goes, ah! You know, because you're actually bleeding. So I turned the blade over. I rinsed it off in hot water, and I put it in there, and I gently did I soaped everything up. I used a brush and cake of soap. And you know what, though? Had a fine shave. Didn't cut, I cut myself a couple of times, but not as bad as last week. Sure, it was stupid. Sure, the blade was no good. And you know what I did afterwards, though? Because now I, I washed up. It was bleeding a little bit. I'd cut myself, all right, three times. Three, six, six times. But the point is, because the plate's no good. And not as bad as last week, though. Not nearly as bad as last week. Not to where it's really coming down in rivulets down your face. Down your face. Rivulets of blood, like, like mud rivers coming down your face. That was last week. This week, it was just giant dots of blood. So it wasn't crazy. It wasn't crazy like last week. And... I put some uh, some compresses and some uh, chemicals on it, and then, as always, Old Spice. Perhaps you heard me when I put the Old Spice on, by the way. Perhaps you heard from way out. If you opened your window, like network, if you opened your window and suddenly, and listened very carefully, even from 2,000 miles away, you might have heard someone in, in California going, ah! 
and that was that was me with my old spice. And then here's the thing, it's impossibly dumb. I'm not going to do it again. Am I? Because what I did was instead of taking the blade out even after the shave, I looked at it and part of me in my head thought I can do it. I uh, I can do it. I can do it again. I'm not going to do it again. Even I I don't think even I am that stupid, but I haven't thrown it out yet. I didn't take it out and throw it out yet. I think whatever point was to be made, I think I made the point. But I didn't throw it out yet. So that's the safety razor update. And we'll make another update for next week. And you'll know, and I'll know. This week, I have to tell you something, uh, because this came out of the LMDS, the Larry Miller Drinking Society meeting, at a terrific place the Holiday Inn, I did two shows. Remember, keeping with our practice of plugging shows after I do them, this was at the Queen's Theater in uh, Corona, in the park. Queen's Theater in the park, which is very near uh, City Field. New, the, I keep calling it the Nouchet Stadium. It's in Queens. It's right where uh, Men in Black was shot, with those towers the old where the World's Fairground was. And I was there a lot, because that's where it's 10 minutes from where I grew up on Long Island, and uh, just across the, uh, the Queen's line. And... Uh, the Unisphere is still there, the temple, uh, the, uh, the, big, the big globe, and these buildings that have really gone to seed. It looks like the future in the time machine where everything's gone to seed and weed, it's all growing out. But this is a terrific theater. We had great shows, and I'm mentioning this because the Holiday Inn at LaGuardia has a place called the Pine Bar. I'm so proud to say this. It was such a great place to have a meeting like that. It was such a great place to have a few drinks. And the the work was done. The part in that movie was done. The show in Stowe, Vermont was done. And two shows here was done. We had the best time with folks. I'll tell you more about them specifically. But someone had come up to me and said, and by the way, it was Sharky and Elise and uh, Kathy and Howard, a couple of guys who came in just from me tweeting it. It was a terrific place with a great Italian chef there, by the way. The food was terrific. They put it on the bars. I mean, ravioli, really, it was really, really good. It's worth mentioning with a tip of the hat. They're not sponsoring anything, but it's worth mentioning. It's on 114th Street or 140th. I can't remember, but it's the LaGuardia Holiday Inn. If, if you get there, it's a great place. If you're going to go to City Field and see a Met game, this is a great place. To, by the way, there's a foreign dignitary staying there. This is a little stupid. See, this is a great place to me. This is a great place to you. Now, the night before in Stowe, Vermont, we're staying at a really elegant place. And I'm not an idiot. I understand the difference there. This was a beautiful place in, in Vermont with, you know, lovely sheets, really nice bed. But this Holiday Inn was terrific. It was a real bullseye out of regular places. It was a real bullseye, solid as a rock. And on my floor, the second floor, it's just a floor, there were bodyguards there. And I said downstairs, uh, where's the... Um, Where's the where's the, is this the foreign dignitary there? Yes, you know where's because where would a foreign why would a foreign dignitary be staying? Frankly, let's be honest, at a Holiday Inn in Queens. I mean, how how far out of it? They didn't want to tell me, but it had to be something from what Chad, Tobago. I mean, Belize, all fine places, I'm sure. But you're sending your dignitaries to the Holiday Inn on 114th Street, opposite City Field. But that bar was so good. I'm telling you this story for a reason. A guy and his wife came up. Nice people. It's Jonathan Shapiro. He sent me a book, and he said to me, you know what? I'm sure I sent you a book, and uh, but I maybe forgot about it. 
And I wanted to tell him, and I did, and I wanted to tell other folks because they said, gee, you don't remember from this time we met. And I wanted to tell you, I remember sincerely everything that happens with everyone I speak to because it's very meaningful. It's like this show. But there's something about memory you need to understand. I think all men are like this anyway. That, But especially in, in show business, I don't I, – I don't maybe it's just me maybe it's just me I don't remember specific things and I want to tell you a story to indicate cuz I said I'm sorry but you got to I just don't remember specific things maybe it's on my shelf it turns out he gave me his book again and I went back home it is it's on my shelf and I put it next to it but I haven't gotten to it yet as you know in life things just so I wanted to tell you a story about memory and it's absolutely true like everything else on this show but I've been holding this off for a while because I think it's a medal winner of bad memory, of stupidity, of a kind of crazy stupidity that maybe not the gold medal, but I think I think it places. I think it's a silver or a bronze. I think it's a medal winner. And here's the story, and I hope this helps you believe that I'm sincere in everything. But boy, I I just don't hold things in the head really well. A few years ago, you may remember there was a thing called the the, the hundred greatest comics of all time, and uh, it was on TV. It was on I think it was on the Comedy Central or HBO or something like that. And I'm never I'm not a big list maker. And I uh, by the way, I know when I tell you that you know this, I'm I'm just going to tell the story. I won't qualify it because I hate talking about show business. And as you know, sometimes I it's of interest. I like to think, but it just so happens this is the exact story. So. I thought to myself, you know, I, I'm not a big list maker. I don't care about the hundred movies, the hundred novels of this, you know, the hundred favorite records that we have. Who's the greatest guitar player? I really don't care. It's the one you like, and it doesn't really matter. And I thought, though, well, you know, I, I'm a comic, and I was going to the kids' school one day, dropped the kids off, and I drove them to school, and I was going over there, and uh, then later, you know, just to, so this is in the morning, this is 7.30 in the morning, and I walked past the elementary school, which is, uh, and it was in my head, frankly, I'll be honest, it was in my head thinking, well, picking 100 comics, I, I guess I knew who the first 20 or 30 would be, I mean, the big stars of all time, the greatest comics, and then, but I, I thought, I really did think, gee, I don't know, I, you know, I wonder who else is who on there, and maybe, I don't know, maybe, uh, would I, would I, you know, would anyone think of me? Well, some good stuff out there. And uh, at any rate, but that's vanity. That's not bad. That's something we all might think. And as I was walking past the elementary school playground, it was just an idle thought, and I dismissed it. And I walked past, and one of the mothers was in there, and I knew her from something else, you know, from the science fair or something. And and she said, oh, hi, Larry. And she waved me over, and she said, congratulations. I said, what? And she said, well, my husband and I were watching last night. You were uh, one of the 100 uh, comics. And I said, what? And she said, yeah, you were 54 or 58 or something. I forget. But, but she said, yeah, you were. And I said, really? And she said, yeah. And I said, wow, thank you. I, that's pretty neat. And I felt great. I thought, well, that's neat. I hadn't seen the thing. And... So I went there, dropped everyone off. I said, thanks, bye. And I drove to work. I had an office there. I was writing something. And I and I got in the office. I was really excited. And I called my friend, Michael Hansen, who's my uh, fr- fr- my friend. And he's a publicist, too. And he's a, we've been working together a long time. And uh, he said, yeah, what are you calling for? He knows I don't call him. I just want to write or something. And he said, I, and I said to him, Michael, you won't believe. I said, I was, I was, I was one of the 100 comics. I, I was on the, uh, the 100 comics thing. Last night, and I it was I'm 54 or 58, but I made the uh, the uh, I made the thing, and there was a pause, and he said, "You're kidding, right?" 
And I said, uh, I'm not kidding, number one. And frankly, that makes me feel a little, a little bad. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy about this. Someone just told me, one of the mothers at school, I made the thing. They, it was on the 100th thing, the first 30, with whatever it was, was, you know, but now maybe I'm calling you because I'm ha- happy about it. And, you know, so when you say, and he said, you're kidding. I know you're kidding me. And, and I said, Michael, I'm not kidding. And, and, and now I was really, I was starting to get hurt. I said, frankly, I was really happy about it. And now there's a long pause. And he said to me, yes. And you were also really happy when I told you three months ago when they called to ask if you could do publicity for it. And I said, what? You, you, you called? He said, I told you three months ago. And he said, and, and I said, really? So I, I, I knew three months ago? He said, Yes. And I said, but I was so happy. And he said to me, something he said before, he said, oh, Larry, Larry, Larry. He said, well, look at it this way. Look on the bright side. Now you had a chance to be really happy twice. And I said, maybe this is what it's like to be not senile, not the terrible things mentally, emotionally, where people lose their, their minds and personalities, but to be... And I said, well, that's a, I guess everyone's a little absent-minded. And he said to me, Larry, this is way past a little absent-minded. And I realized that six months later and a year later, this is for good or ill, this is who I am. It's something like that. Wouldn't you think? That's a little nuts. It's a little nuts. It's so specific. And it's not a tiny thing. If you think about it, and again, it's so specific. And I completely forgot. And by the way... In case you think this is some sort of dementia, I was like this at 19. I can tell you certain specific things. It's not like being an idiot savant or something, but I can, I can tell you certain things. But I, I can tell you, you know, every word from a certain movie, and I'm sure you could too, because we like movies. And I could tell you every edit in Red River, but I mean, no, I can't. I, I couldn't do that. But I mean, we know certain things, but I just didn't know. So I wanted to tell everyone on the show today what I. I've had to tell people sometimes when they come up, I, I'm sorry, I there's a lot of things I forget. And there's not a moment I don't love sincerely in meeting someone or when people say, that's why I always say, you know, I give things to the colonel to say, you keep this and we're going to put it in the museum. There's a great thing, as I told you, that William Glasscock sent us. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a piece of cardboard with 28 bottle caps on it that he thought was a great initiation for the Larry Miller Drinking Society, so we'll show it to you. And uh, it's it's Bass Ale and it's Newcastle Ale, and he glued them all together. At any rate, though, that's why I said to Jeff, you keep this. Whenever someone meets me and says, hey, hold on, hold on to this, you take this, I want to give you this, I always say, you know what, please do me a favor. Write the show, call Jeff, because I'm going to forget. I lose everything. I lose pieces of paper. I know where the flight is leaving. I know what the flight is. That's what I need to know. I know where I am on a stage. I know where I am on a set. I... But every other thing, look, at I can't even shave correctly after all these years. So please believe me. I wanted to say that to you. You know what? I hear everything and I mean everything. But boy, I don't remember anything. So thanks for just being with me on that. Think of me as a very slow cousin who needs to be protected, but who's pleasant to drink with. In any case, speaking of which, next on February 11th, this 
coming Saturday night, I'm going to be in Lincoln, Nebraska at the Lead Center. L-I-E-D Center. It's pronounced Lead. It's written Lied, but it's pronounced the Lead Center in Lincoln. And by the way, we get a bonus. Seriously, 40 more tickets. Or so. We're doing very well there. Thank you. But if you're, in, if you're within 115 hours of driving to Lincoln, go to the Lead Center and buy a ticket and put us over the top with 42 more tickets. At any rate, also, uh, on February 20th, at the Laugh Factory in Hollywood, a friend of mine is throwing a benefit for the Hollywood Sunset Free Clinic, and it's going to be on our website as well. And she's a great friend, Nancy Becker-Kennedy, and it's a show with uh, Billy Gardell and Louis Anderson and me. And the good news of this is, by the way, never mind that it's for a good cause for the free clinic. Never mind that whatever ticket, we, we don't get any money, but it's worth going to. But the important thing is that with Billy and Louie on the show, I'm going to be the skinniest one on stage. And I think that's a big key. So I'm next to them. They're friends, by the way. But next to them, I'm going to look like Christian Bale. Ticket info is at hsfc.eventbrite.com. Boy, that's like a Sherry's Berries thing. By the way, speaking of which, get Sherry's Berries. Get Sherry's Berries. They, they, they said also do it twice, mention it twice. I'm not just doing that. Sherry's Berries, that's right. Visit berries.com, B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. The greatest, biggest strawberries in the world. You'll have dreams about these strawberries. You're having them now. Get these strawberries. $19.99 and $10 for, for more. Twice as much. Three times as much. It doesn't matter. Call them. Go there now. Berries.com. Just do it. But the show's website here is LarryMillerPodcast.com. Check out our show's Facebook page at Facebook.com slash LarryMillerPodcast. My website is LarryMillerHumor.com. Follow me on Twitter at Larry J. Miller. And as always, though, LarryMillerPodcast.com is fond of saying all roads lead to Rome, which is appropriate because as more than a couple of people say after each show, it's very gratifying. They'll shout out either at a bar or after the shows, Homer is Homer, and Pluto is a planet. So thank you, folks. It means the world. Tell your friends, and let's get to a million people on the Million Martini March before the end of this year, because as always, remember, if you walked out of bed today and had a job to go to and a home to come back to, and someone there who cares about you, folks, the game's over and you've won. And that is the truest thing I know. It doesn't matter what you remember. Come back again with us, because we remember you, and I sure do. Only on Ace Broadcasting. Come on, remember.